He takes the weak and the foolish things to confound the wise and the mighty. That's why you are God-ordained for such a time as this. We're not looking and seeing what things are. Only the Holy Spirit can give you revelation. And when you do, you weep, you mourn, you lament, you anguish, you pray. In part two of today's Sunday sermon, Bruce Asaph continues walking us through the biblical insights from current events around the world. Bruce is the founder of Blow the Trumpet International. With years of missionary endeavors in former communist oppressed and war-torn countries, God has given Bruce a battery of experiences that have given him these wonderful insights into current world events. To learn more about Bruce and his ministry, please visit BlowTheTrumpetInternational.com. I've been so burdened. You have no idea how burdened I am. I see a sleeping church, and I'm not, I, who am I to judge? Who am I? I'm just another brand plucked from the fire. But I'll tell you, to him who has given much, much is required. Much is demanded. You know what I really believe? I really believe that a lot of God's people are afraid to get in closer to God. Because if you do, He'll require something from you. And if you do, you will begin to see, you will begin to see your wickedness in light of His holiness. You will begin to see the heart of Jesus Christ and how He, has, he agonizes in the anguish that He has for this world, for the lost and undone. And then you'll begin to see the other side of God. You will see His jealousy, and you will see His righteous indignation against a God-rejecting society, and you will see the fire of His divine jealousy and His wrath, and we're just seeing increments of His wrath now to warn us. A few months ago, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, you know, professing themselves wise, they became fools. What a bunch of depraved politicians in this hour. Inept and corrupt politicians. Well, you can't say that. Yes, I can. Because a lot of things that are going on are not political, they're biblical issues. And we can no longer remain silent. They are biblical issues. We are living the church. I believe one of the greatest sins of the church in this hour is the sin of silence. To remain silent in the face of evil is, is evil in itself. When you know the truth and you're not walking in the light that God has given you, you are going to be an eye accountable. Because to him who is given much, much is demanded, much is required. You know why I keep going the way I do in the midst of who knows what? Because I walk by faith and not by sight. I don't look at my, I, yeah, I mean, the enemy wants to engulf me in my circumstances. How's that going to work? What's going to happen? Look at the door slam there. Look at the rejection. Look at the isolation. You pay a price. But once your eyes and heart have been gripped and apprehended by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you're ruined. Abraham, before I speak on this other issue, Abraham was long-sighted. Abraham, his eyes were on the celestial city whose builder and architect is Almighty God. Amen. Lot 
Lot was just full of the flesh. Whatever was good, Lot ran to. That's why Lot wanted Sodom. Lot wanted to live in Sodom because all he saw were the good things in Sodom, you see. But Abraham was wise, and Abraham looked and he saw the, the city to come. And you know the story. Abraham, Lot had to get out of there before Sodom was destroyed. We're living, America is becoming a Sodom. It's becoming a place of lawlessness, and yet it's still a great nation that God, I believe, has given us a president, and I don't care what people think or not. People look at Donald Trump as, prophet, or as, 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 as political, and they look at his personality, but I'm going to tell you something. You've got to look at that man prophetically because God has raised that man up for such a time as this. He's a modern-day King Cyrus. King Cyrus wasn't some holy Joe. King Cyrus was a heathen. God will raise up whoever he will. I mean, God's honor, his thoughts and ways are not our thoughts and ways. And I think of Nehemiah weeping over the wall. Nehemiah cared. He had anguish. And Nehemiah wasn't a politician. And Nehemiah was not a priest, some religious Joe. There's more hypocrisy in religion. It's getting worse by the minute. Nehemiah was a builder. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> if you know what I'm trying to say. It doesn't take much to figure out that God has raised up a man and an administration for such a time as this that are trying to restore religious freedoms. That have spoken up on the, on the sin and the murder and the abomination of infanticide. Calling out Congress. The church needs to call out a lot of things in this hour and come back to be the salt and the light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Nehemiah, Nehemiah wept. Jeremiah wept because he saw Jerusalem. It was in a ruin. And you know what? And Jesus Christ wept. Jesus Christ wept over Jerusalem because he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you like a mother hen gathers her chicks and you weren't willing to listen. Jesus wept. Jesus Christ is weeping over this world. Jesus Christ is weeping over America. Jesus Christ did not come to condemn or judge, but he came to save. And we're in an hour and a dispensation of grace. Seize it. Amen. Don't flaunt it. Seize it. The governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, He stands up for so-called women's rights. Now get this, about women's bodies. You think God didn't make a woman and her body to have a baby? I, I, this is common sense, people. This is common sense. Don't let these politicians turn it into, into politics and it's got nothing to do with the Bible. It's got everything to do with God's creation. Amen. And we are losing God's creation by perversity and by perversion and by abortion. Did you know the 2018 census? It says that there will be, in another 18 years, 80% of America's population will be over 65 and the rest will be 18 years old. I wrote it down somewhere. It's unbelievable. But let me just go here for a minute. Let me go here for a minute before I get into this, and I'm, I'm going to finish off very, very quickly. 18 days, a baby's heart begins to beat. 
42 days, brain waves are detected. The miracle of God. 52 days, baby hiccups and yawns. Eight weeks, and all organs are formed. Nine weeks, it has fingerprints. And isn't it amazing that every fingerprint in this room is totally individual and different? I come from Canada, and every snowflake that falls, every snowflake has got a different pattern. What a mighty God. What an awesome creator. You think he can't look after his universe and can't look after creation? But depraved politicians and inept and corrupt politicians want to destroy God's creation. Woe be to them that call evil good and good evil. Ten weeks a little baby in the womb can feel pain. Twelve weeks it can smile. Make no mistake, abortion is murder. You know what? If bacteria is considered life on Mars, did you know that? Bacteria is considered life on Mars. Then why isn't a heartbeat considered life on Earth? The governor puts a new law, and he calls it the Reproductive Justice Act. Could anything be more perverse than that? Think about that. The Reproductive Justice Act. And, 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 and then he calls it the, pro, the Productive Health Care Act. And he signs in the legislation that abortion, you can abort a baby right up to full birth, full term. And even if the abortion is botched at 20 weeks, you don't need a doctor, and it's no longer a crime. Perversion? And then he says, the Governor Cuomo, he says that he, said, he, he lit up the World Trade Center. Remember what happened on 911? All America wept and went running. In the same place where God has given this nation a reprieve and shown his mercy and grace, this perverse governor lights up the spear of the One World Trade Center in pink. And, 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 and the New York legislator was cheering and applauding his decision for full birth termination abortion. Have we lost the soul? Have we lost the heart? Is this not an open rebellion and blatant rebellion against a holy and loving God? And then he says this, he says, to celebrate this victory, he not only lit up the spear of the World Trade Center, but I'll tell you, all the government places were lit up in pink. I'll tell you what I saw. I saw the World Center dripping with blood of innocence. I won't remain silent because you know what? This is not political. This is biblical. This, 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 this just breaks and crushes the heart of God. You think God doesn't have feelings? Because if not, God wouldn't love his creation. If not, God wouldn't care. That's why we need the anguish of God in order to care and to embrace the broken, the lost, the hurting, and to protect the innocent and the unborn. We need, we need to wake up from our slumber and listen to this perverse statement 
of this governor. And I, you know what? I hope someone tunes this in where he listens. He says to celebrate this abortion, abortion law, an historic victory for New York's, for New York and all our progressive values. If that isn't the most perverted statement I've heard. Are you getting this this morning? I know you are. I love this body. I love you people because you're my brothers and sisters in Jesus. And I look forward, it takes a year to come, but thank God I'm still welcome to come back and to, and to share. You see, if we don't stand up, Nehemiah wept, and God wants us to weep like Jesus. He wants us to take on his heart, and he wants us to seek him while he may be found because, you know, the Lord's not going to put up with this much longer. And let me, let me just share this this morning, and I'm going to finish off with Isaiah 22 because this is a mirror of America in light of what we're talking about now. This all, you know, the Word of God, when you dig in and you, you take hold of this Word and you shut yourself away with God, and you begin to study his word, and, but Lord, I don't get that. Lord, I don't get that. Every time that your heart is searching, God says, I know you don't get it, but because you're searching, I'm going to reveal it to you. Yeah. You know that blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. God will fill you. He'll give you knowledge. He'll give you wisdom because you want to know something. God wants to raise up a church in this hour a mighty and a victorious and a glorious church. He's made us the head and not the tail. We are the sons of the living God. We are sons and daughters of thunder. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we are anointed for such a time as this. This is not academia. This is reality. You know, when God sent Jeremiah, and Jeremiah told his people, and he warned them. You see, the prophet is controversial, and the watchman doesn't want to say too much in this hour, because you know what? It might bring a false alarm, but I'm going to tell you, there's no false alarms here, and I'm not an alarmist. I'm a watchman, whatever you want to call me. Prophet, I don't know. All I know is that I'm one beggar telling another beggar where to get the bread of life. That's all I am. Hallelujah. But you see, Jeremiah warned the people and the sister nations, the sister cities of Israel, Sodom and Gomorrah. They had no Bible. They had no avalanche of gospel preachers. They had no mass media. They had no church in every corner. They had no outpouring of the Spirit of God. And you know what the Lord says? It'll be more tolerable in the day of Sodom than it will be in this day. Because to him who was given much, much is required. When you think that you and I have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ, you know what? I'm, I'm in a right relationship with God. I'm washed in the blood, and I try, I try by the grace of God to work out my salvation every day. I think God has got a thorn in my flesh to keep me so broken that I'm not going to think I'm some great spiritual being because I only am what I am by the grace of God. But when God says, go and speak to my people like he did with Amos, you know what? I used to be in the car business in the religious crowd with all their degrees, more than a thermometer, they say, oh, he used to be in the car business. Well, I didn't get all hooped up with a bunch of 
degrees in a Bible college. And I'm not putting anyone down, but I'm just trying to tell you, like, like the prophet Amos, I neither was a prophet or the son of the prophet. I was just tending sheep and God called me. See, God takes the weak and the foolish, give them praise. He takes the weak and the foolish things to confound the wise and the mighty. That's why you are God-ordained for such a time as this. And if you remain silent, God will bypass you, and you know what? Deliverance will come from other source. You've got to know who you are. Are you going to get beat up at school and, and with all this ideology and all this all this all this craziness that's going on in society, or you're going to hear the voice of God in His Word and seek the Lord and become a giant among other people in the Lord. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Praise you, Jesus. But let me just say this. Jeremiah prophesied, as did Ezekiel with Sodom. They were fullness of food, pleasure, idleness of heart. They boasted in their luxurious lifestyle, and they committed abominable things. That sounds like America. And the Lord took them as he saw fit. Now get this, get this. You think God's not a God of a set time and a set date for judgment? God told Noah, he gave him all the specific dimensions to build the ark. It's all in God's word. God's a God of detail. God's a God of timing. God has an appointed time. God put all the plans to build the temple in David's mind. And in this case, God had an appointed time that he would send Nebuchadnezzar an instrument of his righteous indignation and judgment against his people. And they came against him and an army, the Chaldeans, came to destroy Israel, there is the nation of Israel, Jerusalem. That's why Jesus had wept. He saw what was going to happen. And it says in God's word, on the ninth year of Nebuchadnezzar, in the tenth day of the tenth month, Nebuchadnezzar and his great vast army came and destroyed Jerusalem. Right to the day, God gave a specific time, just like it was on September the 11th, 2001. God had the exact hour and the exact time that he would stop and break the economy of the United States of America. He's done it. He's already done it once. Am I making sense? Yes. And then we look at God's prophetic milestones from the Belfair Declaration, we've just celebrated the 100th anniversary where the Jews have come back, Belfair. It was a modern-day miracle, the greatest prophetic miracle of our day. And then, in, in, and then in May 14, 1948, I've shared this many times, that Israel, Jerusalem, Israel became a nation. Isaiah 66, verse 8 says, How can a nation be birthed in a day? Zion no sooner gave labor pains than she gave birth. The greatest prophetic miracle of our day. And then in 1967, the Jews regained Jerusalem after 1,897 years. Get that. The first time since King David was over the capital. And then 50 years later in 2017, get this, this is where we are now in this hour. 2017, a man that they tried to do everything they could and they're still doing to try to get him out of the presidency of America. But when God raises up somebody 
No one can stop it. God says, when I act, who can reverse it? And I believe God raised up a King Cyrus because this King Cyrus recognized Jerusalem as the eternal capital of Israel. Fifty years later, after the Jews regained Jerusalem. Now you think that's not God? Recognized. And now 50 years means, that's jubilee, means restoration, coming back, remaking. And then we've celebrated the 70th anniversary. Did you know that in Scripture, Herman just brought it up earlier today about a generation. A generation, Psalm 90, verse 10, we have 70, and if by strength, 80 years. So basically a generation is 80 years. I'm not into numbers because Jesus said in the last days, but, but he told us, he gave us signs. He says, when Israel, when the fig tree begins to bear her branch, he cursed the fig tree, which was symbolic of the nation of Israel, and, and he scattered them, just like he said, just like the prophets had wept over Jerusalem trying to warn them. God's men in this hour will warn the body of Christ out of the love and of what's coming. Amen? And then now he says, when you begin to see the fig tree blossoming. That's Israel. It's become a nation. And then he said, this generation will not pass until all these things. Well, if you look at a generation and you look at the timetable, it could be, it could be 10 years off. I mean, he says, no one knows the date or the hour, but I'm going to tell you in Jerusalem now, they're beginning to look at rebuilding the temple. And in that time period, the next 70 is the 70th week of Daniel's 70th week when God completes his dealing. That's Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7. And I'll tell you what that is. That's Jacob's trouble, or that's the great tribulation. And now nations are already gathering around the nation of Israel. And if it weren't for this president being raised up for such a time as this, and if these other liberal loonies get into place, I'm going to tell you something. They're going to go against Israel, and that's the curse on America. And that's when things move and go. Make sense? Amen. You got to know the time. You got to know the time. And have I got, would you give me just five more minutes to finish the scripture? Amen. You will not. <laughs> I know you will. Praise God. But what I'm saying is, is that God is a God of detail. And I'm going to tell you, God is the one that gives revelation. This Bible is not complicated. You know why it's complicated to people? They don't know the author. When you know the author, he gives revelation. He gives revelation. When you know the author and the finish of our faith, Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm going to close with this. This is a mirror of America in this hour, in what I've already shared with you, in the lamenting of the prophets over Jerusalem. It's, a, it's, it's just a forewarning of what's going to happen to this nation and to other nations of the world, unless there's true repentance, and only God knows how heartfelt repentance is going to bring us back to him. But time is short to begin with. And remember, God did not call the church in America to save America. He called the church in America to save Americans from the judgments to come. Amen. Get that. Get that. Isaiah, the same prophet that saw it would be like tinder and burn, that gave the revelation. He gave a revelation here in the burden against the valley of vision. And the vision that Isaiah had 
he saw in this vision, he saw the people of Jerusalem go on the housetops, and they were all on the housetops, and, and, and look at this. He said, what ails you now, verse, verse 1, that you have all gone up to the housetops? You are full of noise, a tumultuous city, a joyous city. In other words, they were partying. They were having a great old time on the rooftops. They were loud and boisterous and tumultuous. And Isaiah said, what, what are you doing on the rooftops? Because just months later, before, Isaiah was walking down the streets of Jerusalem saying, pending destruction, judgment is coming upon our city. And now he sees them on the rooftop partying. And he says, therefore, he said, I look away. Look away from me. I weep bitterly. Do not labor to comfort me because of the plundering of the daughter of my people. He was so consumed by what he saw. He says, you can't comfort me now. There's no way you can comfort me now because I'm seeing the upcoming destruction of my people, Jerusalem. No one can comfort me. Look away from me. He was so overwhelmed, so burdened, so in anguish. For it is a day of trouble, a treading down of perplexity by the Lord God of hosts in the valley of vision, breaking down the walls and the crying of the mountains. There were chariots of men and horsemen. And it shall come to pass that your choicest valley, you see, there were chariots of horsemen, a military, military might coming against Jerusalem. And these, these Israelites were in such a stupor, they were looking at it like entertainment. They were oblivious to it. They were so deceived by their lifestyle that even when reality was hitting them, they couldn't distinguish reality from, from what was happening. They were deluded. They were blinded. Many in the church are blinded in this hour. We're not looking and seeing what things are. Only the Holy Spirit can give you revelation. And when you do, you weep, you mourn, you lament, you anguish, you pray. And that's revival. That's revival when you get on fire and your fire spreads to other people because God's done a rendering. You've done a rendering of your heart. That's revival. And you, you know what? You watch out because I'll tell you, it's going to bring a lot of people, push a lot of people out of your life, and it's going to bring a lot of people into your life. If you're willing to pay the price, God's there. And so the fortified wall, so here they are in verse 8, one of the sad, sad scripture. He removed the protection of Judah. They had done so much. They have gone against God and, 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 and his laws and his statutes. He warned them. He loved them. He sent them prophets time and time and time again. And you know what? Finally, the Lord says, you know what? The enemies are going to come against and they're going to destroy your city. And that's exactly what happened. He removed the protection of Judah. And in the meanwhile, the fortified wall that they trusted in, like we trust in our military, and we trust in all these other things. Listen, there could be a cyber attack in a moment. The Bible says suddenly. We're living in a nuclear age. Suddenly. And suddenly we could be taken up. In the twinkling of an eye. You don't even hear people talk about the rapture because you know what? They want to get into their theological arguments. It's too much, it's too converse, it's too confrontational uh, 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 because you know why? Because they don't study God's word. They're not into God's word. But I'm closing here in just a minute here. But the Lord says, but you did not look to its maker, nor did you respect him for what he fashioned it long ago. Their choice valleys, valleys and all the protection 
and the blessings that God had given them, they ignored it. And they went into party mode and a party stupor. They took the blessings of God for themselves. And they grieved God to a point where, you know what, God said, hey, I'm going to take away the protective wall. It's time for your righteous judgment. This is happening now, precious people. This God is still God. This God is still on the throne. This God is still the God of all flesh. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word of God says, I am the God of all flesh. And he says, it is only his mercies are new every day. And he says, least you be consumed, O sons of Jacob. We need a fear of God in our lives. We need a fresh fear, and that fresh fear will give a fresh fire. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I walked in here today in my body. I'm going to tell you, I died a dragon. But I'll tell you, once I get a spark of the Holy Spirit and a spark of fire, my God, I'm, I'm out and away. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. You need the spark. We need the spark. Like California, they needed the spark of the refiner's fire rather than the spark of his divine jealousy and indignation. Works both ways. And I'm going to close right here. And in the day, in that day, the Lord God of hosts called for weeping, for mourning, for baldness, and for girding with sackcloth. You see, he was calling, weep and mourn. Render your heart to me. Come clean with me. Just, just confess your iniquity. Have some sorrow for your sin and for your rebellion. That's all God was asking. But instead, instead, there was joy and gladness, slaying oxen and killing sheep. They kept grilling. They kept, they kept having a good old time, slaying oxen, killing sheep, eating meat and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. And you know what? They were feasting in the midst of predicted judgment. Just like a lot of the church world is today. I'm sorry. The world's already condemned. They rejected Jesus Christ. And, 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 and he that believes is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. That's why the world's on a collision course to an eternal hell. Well, God's still pouring out his arms, his outstretched arms of love and mercy, not willing that one should perish. But his church judgment begins at the house of God. And you know what? Their sin, and I'm going to close with this, their sin was not just ignoring the warnings. Their sin was hardening their heart in the midst of predicted judgment. When you begin to feast and you begin to ignore the gospel and you begin to ignore what God's trying to say, bit by bit your heart becomes harder, believe me. I know in my own heart if I didn't have the fire of God to purge me and to burn out the dross in me and to forgive me and for his blood to wash me and for the wells of salvation, those, those living waters, if I didn't have those living waters, if you didn't have the living waters of Jesus Christ, my heart would be in a mess. There'd be boulders of anger and forgiveness and bitterness and, and sin. I know myself. And I know without Jesus, I'd, I wouldn't even be up here. He takes the beggar from the ash heap and he sits him with princes. You know, I've been with presidents and I've been in the Senate and I've been from one end of this, I've been in garbage dumps. And I know this one thing, God ain't a respecter of people. 
It's all level ground at the cross of Christ. And this is, I'm going to close here, and this is what Isaiah heard from the Lord. Then it was revealed in my hearing. We hear spiritually. Surely for this inequity of hardening of their hearts, of ignoring, there will be no atonement for you, even to your death, says the Lord God of hosts. Nations have crossed the line. Their wound is incurable, like the prophets of old have said. You know what? We can be like the five foolish virgins, caught up in our materialism and caught up in our pleasure and caught up in our, our, our luxurious lifestyle, caught up in, in a sin, caught up in a bondage and thinking, well, we're okay. And all the time, bit by bit by bit by bit, the enemy's taking a greater hold of our minds. I'm being honest because that's either that or I'm off the wall. But I'll tell you, he is the deliverer. He is the almighty. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the healer. He is the I am. And before him, there was no other God. And he said to Moses, I am that I am that I am. You've been listening to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you're loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.